Hi, listeners. Listen to the Total Podcast with Phil Scott. Follow the Total Podcast with Phil Scott on Instagram at PodcastPhil. And also subscribe to the podcast YouTube channel. It is the Total Podcast with Phil Scott on the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, The Total Podcast with Phil Scott. Listen to the podcast and follow the podcast on Instagram at PodcastPhil. Hello, and welcome to The Total Podcast with me, your host, Phil Scott. Today, my guest is author and airline pilot, Aaron Murphy. And and also, I was thinking, too, that when you're going through the whole pandemic, I think it was awesome that you had your husband there too, going through the same thing you were going through. I so so you, you had that bond to help each other out. And that had to be just amazing and awesome to have that as well. It is. And I, you know, it really is a blessing um, in my opinion that we both do the, we both have the same job. Um, there are definitely um, relationship complications that can come into play as being a pilot. But um, my husband and I always, you know, people say, oh, we can't do a long distance relationship. They're two hours away. I know we double over laughing. Like, are you kidding me? <laughs> of course you can't. This is the silliest thing I've ever heard. We will be in Hawaii and the other one's in Portugal. You know, we're talking about a 12 hour time difference. And, um, you know, our love story is, is such that you know, if he, he goes to Portugal and he finds a great restaurant or a sightseeing place and he comes back home and the next month I go, I'll go and do what he did. And awesome. it's so odd. I'm, we're not even with each other, but the connection is still there. And then when we get together again, we talk about, well, what did you like? And this and that, um, we do all kinds of things that keep things going. And so we scoff at the, I mean, everyone has different needs. So I understand that, but we scoff at the, you know, two hour drive. Good grief. That's pretty awesome. Of course you can do it. My goodness. And you don't need to see each other all the time either. You know, little love notes in the, in the suitcase and, um, you know, we're good to go. He, he likes sacred solitude. He likes solitude as much as I do. And he likes to have his layovers to himself. Like I like, um, like I was explaining my, my, um, love for feeling foreign he shares um aspects of that so um it's not lonely (laughs) it's fun (laughs) that's pretty awesome that you have that that you both share that that's pretty awesome Mm -hmm. now i wanted to ask you about your dog zeke so how did how did you come across zeke um what made you want to be his forever mom and just what's been the experience like having zeke around um, Zeke's coming into our life is such a great story. Um, and I'm glad you asked because it's really not portrayed, um, exactly so in halfway home just to, um, for the sake of consolidation with it being a picture book and a word count. But so when I came to that little meeting of the minds with myself and I said, well, goodness, if I can't have a dog, 
I can have I can have some piece of it into my life. So why don't we pick up um, where we left off with our sporadic shelter volunteer work? And um, I I even in my head mentally settled in and thought this is cool. I'm really volunteering a lot. I moved up a level in volunteer status, and then I was now invited as a volunteer to take a dog home on a sleepover. And what's advantageous about that is the shelter will give you a questionnaire to fill out because very oftentimes dogs respond almost always so much better outside of the stressful shelter life. So um, I had chatted about that with my husband. Are you up for at least a dog to do a sleepover? Sure. You know, I'll send a couple pictures every once in a while. What about this guy? What about this girl? What do you think? And then at the time, Zeke's name was Homer. And um, he came in from Alabama. He had a couple siblings. They all got adopted right away. And he was adopted and returned twice for acting out when he was brought home. Hmm. So we ended up learning that he is just, this is kind of an extreme statement, but he's sort of neurodiverse. He's really noise sensitive and he will react um, by growling or snarling when he's frightened. And he has um, some physical oddities. He has a really substantial underbite. And when he gets nervous, when I tell you this dog drools, it's on another level. They're, they're huge bubbles that come out the sides of his mouth. Oh, wow. So when people are walking by and looking at him in the shelter and see that he's returned twice, they're discouraged and they move on. So I said, well, what do you think? Do you want to just, you know, give this guy a break from the shelter? Sure. The second I pull into the driveway, um, my husband was all over him. He just, they bonded immediately. Wow. I wasn't on my radar at all. And to be honest, I knew he was returned a couple of times. So even as a volunteer, I was like, hmm, we'll keep him. We'll have him for a night. You know, this, this will be nice. Within a half hour, my husband said, I know this is crazy, but I think we should keep him. And I still hesitated to this day. And he seemed, he'll never let me live it down. Remember when you didn't want him? I, I didn't not want him. I just knew there was gonna be some challenges. So I hesitated and I said, are you sure about this? And he said, yeah. So we brought, we brought him back to the shelter, did some research about um, you know, where he can go that we were comfortable with if we were both flying. Um, we found a wonderful facility that I can't even call it a kennel. It's just this wonderful, luxurious place for dogs that we were more than happy um, to have him stay at. And they made us feel very comfortable. Like we started to explain, geez, we're thinking about this dog. They sort of just did like a timeout. Like, look, we're here for families that travel. Just because you travel, it doesn't mean you can't have a dog. Right. And again, that was one of those moments where you just really need to have someone else interject like that because our whole careers, we just kept coming up with excuses and people that were not in aviation looking at us from the outside were a hard no, like, oh, no way, you can't do that. It's like having a toddler. What are you going to do? So um, we, came, we came up with a plan that we were comfortable with and we adopted them and we haven't looked back ever, ever since. <laughs> now, how long have you had Zeke now? Um, we have had him three years. Three years. Yeah. And how old is Zeke anyway? So he, this September, he'll be four. four. Oh, wow. So he's yeah, still a September young dog. September 17th, if anybody wants to us in a card. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So he's still a youngster in dog years. He was nine months years old, nine months when we, when we adopted him. Oh, wow. What's been the most fun thing about having Zeke around? Zeke is, um, he is unlike, and I mean, a lot of people say these things, but he's really like, unlike any dog. He has a lot of human characteristics. Um, his body language is very funky and humorous. And I just, I just love him to death. Uh, He's not very conventionally attractive, but of course we adore him. Uh, he's just—he's just brought so much love into our home. Um, is he comfortable being around strangers? No, nope, he's nervous. So, so he's—he's yeah. he's just nervous all the time, unless he's with you or your husband. Exactly. Yep. He is. Um, he'll, he'll warm up, but he doesn't really like his head touched, and mm-hmm. so most people want you know immediately reach out um to touch them and he'll 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 recoil from that you know interesting so do you know about his backstory um yeah my knowledge is now zeke was to my knowledge not um transported by air which is why it wasn't something forthcoming to me when i just um started writing the book but um he was found in a house in um excuse me alabama with 45 dogs in it Oh, wow. So all the loud noise, all of the neurosensitive stuff, I think he is just a response to the environment he was in. That makes sense. Yep. It's time for a break. We'll be right back with more of the show right after this. And now back to more of the Total Podcast. So I wanted to ask you too um, about the book. What what age range do you have for for the children reading that book? Um, right now, um, it'll likely be four to eight. Mm-hmm. However, there is a discussion about it possibly being five to nine. Now, are you going to use actual photographs, or are you going to have an illustrator, or how how will that work? A little bit of both. Yeah, I'm, I'm so excited for the illustrations. They're they're like my favorite part. And uh, I don't know, I have so many. I've had this movie reel going in my head for so many, <laughs> so many months now, and I've rewritten it so many times that um, it's just I can't wait to see the shape it takes. For you writing the book and going through this process of doing the book what have you what's been the biggest lesson so far that or lessons that you can take from having gone through this process of um coming up with the idea for writing and then getting your ideas down on paper what's been the the most important things that you've learned so far just the the entire process um from the standpoint of getting involved in the rescue flights, uh, ask, <laughs> just mm-hmm. ask, just start the, just start a dialogue. You know, what's going on here? How can I get involved? Can I get involved? Um, the same old adage, all they can say is no. Um, definitely, if you're something's gnawing at your craw, go ahead and pursue it. And as far as the writing goes, um, <clears throat> I would say the story is to me, uh, metaphorically like an onion 
there's all these layers that are coming off and I'm, I'm still doing some of my final edits and I just cannot wait to see what I'm, when I'm down to that very last piece. Like there's been so many rewrites that I thought, mm, no, that that's not right. And sleep on it for a week or so, go back, tweak it or so. It 100% was right. You know, and I, every time something is taken out, I do have the, syn the syndrome of it's killing off my darlings. And, Aww. you know, and I'm like, oh, I, I worked like a month to get that line just right. And now we're taking it away. So maybe over time, I'll get a little more seasoned with that feeling, but um, it is uncomfortable. Um, however, what is taking shape with it? I mean, it, it, I have just reached a community that I have, I never anticipated um, being as supportive and excited. All, all budding authors that I have um, been able to commune with over this, um, tapping into the aviation aspect of the rescue world. Um, so, so many people know that I'm, you know, pursuing just this one little book. I'll tell you what, I'll never pick up um, any children's book <laughs> with any kind of, oh, wow, well, this is cute. <laughs> no, it's not just cute. It's a process. So, oh my, it's, it sure is. It sure is. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited for all that, for all that, that lies ahead for sure. One last thing that I wanted to ask you about that, about just the, the writing and the flying. Um, it seems like there's this wonderful symmetry that you've got going between both the writing and and now and flying and just everything just seems to be clicking. And when something's right and it's meant to be, things just seem to work out. And it seems like that's been the process for you. Um, what has it meant for you to have all of these things fall into place for you like that? Oh, a lot, a lot. I, I mean, I, um, I do a lot of thinking about it. Um, I'm, I'm a, regular yoga practitioner. I mean, I've even brought it, I've even brought the thoughts to my yoga mat with me, you know, like, where am I going with this? What am I doing? Um, and there, there really felt like there was this long void period of maybe I'm just dabbling and that's okay. Right. Okay. I, it's the pandemic. I don't know what's going on. I might just be dabbling, but I'd be lying if I didn't say, say out loud that there was something that little something that's just like, no, go, just go one step further, take that writing class. Okay. Now take that next writing class, you know, okay. Take the weekend off and see if you can come up with a couple new manuscripts. You know, there is just constantly this nudge like kind of um, pushing me forward um, towards something that I, and I still don't completely know if I know what it is. Like I've, um, gotten a report going with one of the, the rescue dog organizations and we are coordinating when I can actually go on a physical flight um, with them and that's one of the larger cargo aircraft that can hold up to 80 to 100 cats and dogs mm -hmm. so I'm really really looking forward to that um, so I mean these doors are they still feel like they're opening a little bit um, and yeah, no, I mean, it's just a big mental process and nothing I've, I've expected. And anyone who has ever known me in any other avenues or areas of my life are going to say, she's writing a children's book. Are you kidding me? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm here to tell you I'm not. I really am not. I put so much into so much heart into this. I'm so excited to keep on learning and I've, I've already learned so much. It's great. It's really rewarding. Now, once the book comes out, do you 
um, plan on maybe uh, visiting schools or, or talking to classes and young kids about the book? I do, I do. My father was an elementary school teacher and my mother worked in the educational system as well. And so I have attended um, their schools before just in my pilot uniform and just done some career days and things like that. So mm -hmm. I've, again, just like the dog rescue, I've dabbled in that, but I, I also just met with someone today who's helping me build my website, which is um, up and coming in the next couple of months. And I would like to have some links on there to, for people to um, have the opportunity to schedule an event um, doing exactly what you're saying, go to a school, um, Boy Scouts, Girl Scouts, birthday party, you know, things like that. I, I'd love to, um, what I'm excited about with the Children's Avenue is I'd love for them to know at such a young age that this is happening in the world. Um, I, I loosely heard of it just through the, my background in aviation. No, there's some people, if you have your own plane, you can transport a dog that someone, you know, needs relocated from a shelter or they're adopting or they're gonna foster them to free up space in a shelter. I knew that kind of sort of happened and that's kind of how it popped into my head with writing about it in halfway home, but the magnitude and the sacrifice that is going on to make this happen um, on a larger scale, not even necessarily larger plane, but the companies that are expanding upon this, um, it's really significant. And I would love for children to know that this is out there. They can get involved. We'll be right back with more of the show right after this. Hi, listeners. Listen to the Total Podcast with Phil Scott. Follow the Total Podcast with Phil Scott on Instagram at PodcastPhil. And also subscribe to the podcast YouTube channel. It is the Total Podcast with Phil Scott on the YouTube channel. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, the Total Podcast with Phil Scott. Listen to the podcast and follow the podcast on Instagram at Podcast Phil. And now, back to more of The Total Podcast. What advice would you give someone who's thinking of writing a children's book or any book for that matter, but especially a children's book now that you've had experience going through that process, what advice would you give a new writer? I would absolutely take course courses first because I just started to write. Not like I'm in any sort of a race, but it will save you time in re your rewriting skills in general, in my opinion, you know, like mine, well, they were non-existent. And so I had a couple versions of this manuscript that it already took me, you know, a ridiculous amount of time to come up with to be told, you know, you're not even abiding by any of the standard rules of children's book writing. And yes, you can publish a book or just get a book in print and it can look and feel however you want. However, if you just want any level of credibility, there is a structure to it that might not be obvious to the naked eye, but to anyone who is skilled or has any kind of merit in the industry, 
um, you're going to want X, Y, and Z formatting in your plot, etc. So I had no clue any of that happened. And you know, you can even look at a book that has as few as 200 words. Um, you know, there's going to be an arc and there's going to be a problem or, you right. know, so that is built in there. And it really is a craft to, um, to encompass all of that in, you know, such a short period of time and um, short word count. You know, that's my big, I'm laughing because that's my big challenge. So this precious word. <laughs> <laughs> and it's amazing well, because when... when it comes out, I'm probably going to be like 20 over or something. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Uh, um, when you're writing anything, especially a children's book, you, that there are certain word counts that you try to stay within. Yes. And especially, I mean, you, you have more freedom when you, when it's a, a longer, like a 10,000 word um book that you're trying to work but when it's more condensed then it, you're right it's tougher yes and i imagine like we were remarking earlier about the illustrations i imagine after i get some more experience with this um i'll i'll have more confidence in shaving the words off and i won't struggle with the killing my darlings as much because i'll finally have something tangible to see but the illustration is going to capture all that the illustration can emote that for you um, that's my big one. Like if there's someone who's having an emotion in the book, I feel the need to say a, a sentence or two when really it can just be an expression on their face in the illustration. And so I'm having a hard time letting go of that. Mm -hmm. Well, because it's emotional, it's a strong point that I feel like it needs to be there. Right. And, um, so I, I imagine when I, in the next, um, two months, I believe I'll start working with the illustrator and, um, will shave down even more. So maybe, maybe I will make the word count. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll get there. We'll get you'll, there. You'll right. definitely get there. I will. I will. It's such a journey though. You think, oh, I'll shave this down. And then, you know, you end up editing another section. You just added in the words that you just took out is from a word count standpoint. It's like, good Lord, go to bed. Look <laughs> get this next week. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it can definitely be a challenge, but you're doing it. And that's awesome. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, I am. Now, Aaron, finally, um, you mentioned your social media um, in your website building. So you don't have that done yet, but hopefully you'll you'll let me know when you get that done. And I'll make sure to put it out there, too, because people are just going to love it. They're going to. I hope so. I mean, to my knowledge, um, there, there is another um, outfit out in California that is a dog rescue flight service and they are working on a book. So to my knowledge, their book and my book will be um, the first two books that actually have any, any um, aviation rescue um, element in it. There are plenty of um, wonderful, inspiring books about dog rescue and shelter and adoption um, that are all platforms for inspiring me to write in general. But as far as taking it to the sky, um, the outfit out in California and myself will be the first two books to have the aviation element in it. So um, I'm really excited about that. Really proud that's of it. awesome. Mm -hmm. That's awesome and, and very fitting too. So that yeah. that's that's awesome. So why don't, if you would, Aaron, um, tell us your Instagram, share your Instagram with us and where other people can find you on the um, internet. Yes, my Instagram is Aaron Murphy Books um, with an S because I'm writing it real and I hope that that S turns into multiple books. So we're just going to go with Aaron Murphy at Aaron Murphy Books um, on Instagram. And um, I will, I am in the process of formulating a business 
page on Facebook. So it will be the same. It'll also be Aaron Murphy books. Awesome. Well, Aaron, I thoroughly enjoyed our interview this evening. Thank you so very much for coming on the podcast today. It's, it's been an, an honor and a pleasure having you on. Um, you're just a joy to talk to. Um, your, your story's fantastic. And it's, it's been awesome having you on. So thank you so very much, Erin. I really appreciate it. So thank Likewise. you. Yeah, you're so easy to talk to. We should do it again sometime. When I would love to. Actual tangible book. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please do come back on. I do want to talk about your book when it's out. So it, it's especially it'll be more even more exciting for you. I know as as the months and days and weeks get closer yes. to the release date. Yes, I can't wait. So for now, I guess I'm just podcasting it real. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you so much, Erin. It's been a joy. So again, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and your time sure. away to, to do this. So again, thank you so very much, Erin. I appreciate it. so much. Thanks for having me on. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. You're very welcome. <laughs> and with that, everyone, that's the end of this episode of the Total Podcast with me, your host, Phil Scott. So everyone take care. Be safe out there, take care of one another, and we will talk again soon.